This program contains explicit content and subject matter which may be unsuitable for some listeners. Discretion is advised. You've got questions. We've got all the answers when it comes to sex and more. This is the A to Z of sex with Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. Every week, we pick a series of topics that you've been wanting to know about. It's an encyclopedia of sex, intimacy, relationships, and so much more than that. Let's get things started. Now, here's your host, Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the A to Z of sex. With me, Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee, I'm a sex and intimacy coach and a psychologist, and I've spent the last 30 plus years helping people to create hot and healthy sexual and intimate relationships. We are working our way through the erotic alphabet one letter at a time. Today, the letter is T, and T is for trans sex. Joining me today to cover this topic is DK Green. DK is a psychotherapist in private practice, specializing and working with the GSRD community, that's gender, sex, relationships, diversity, for those of you in the U.S., um, and also queer and intersectional communities. In terms of identity, he is a 50-something parent, grandparent, animal lover, as well as a leather, dominant, poly, trans, shamanic, biker, and horse rider. He's also a big old softy who prioritizes family, both chosen, queer, and created, kids and grandkids above all things. Welcome to the show. <laughs> Thank you very much. Where should we start? Wow. <clears throat> well, that's a big subject, and it's a subject most people are afraid to talk about, including Absolutely. when they get, you know, when they hook up with someone who's trans. It's a scary subject to begin to talk about. Absolutely. So why don't we start, why don't we start at the beginning? Why don't we start on approaches? Um, okay. Yeah, that's a good place to start. <clears throat> okay. I think, first of all, it's really easy to get lost in these specifics of this is trans it must be all about trans but actually the same decency as you would show anyone you don't start off the bat with what's in your pants you don't start off the bat with hey how do you like to have sex um you know you don't start by saying what do you call it does does you know little freddie have a name you know that kind of thing so you you don't do that with anyone you wouldn't do that with a trans person either so i guess the only time this conversation really comes into it is if you're actually heading into relationship and you want to start talking about the idea of having sex or you think that it's a likelihood. So should we, should we first say, I mean, in addition to that, which I agree, you know, you need to start in the same place you can start with anyone else, but there's the other part of that, which is, hello, you need to talk about sex. <laughs> I mean, we, you know, we actually have to start there because so many people don't. Yes. I, yes, I did. Um, I did about, um, 10 um, free calls this past few days um, and of the 10 people who were bringing, uh, only one of them wasn't bringing a relationship thing um, I asked how many people actually had talked about sex when they asked me and only one had actually had a conversation about sex with their partner Wow, yeah. well if you think about the way media portrays it, then people just hook up, get to know each other, get flirty have a drink or two, go back to the apartment and hey, have sex, you know, it's like it's just meant to happen, it's part of the script. Um, but I guess the most important thing is if, if you're aware the person is trans, then make damn sure that you are prepared to deal with that, to talk about it, to confront it. Um, it's not the sort of thing that you can fumble about in the dark and, and guess, um, use the wrong words, you know, you have to be able to have that conversation. 
Yeah, no, and I mean, I would say that that fumbling about in the dark is a useless thing anyway. But <laughs> I suppose when people are heteronormative, yes, exactly. you you can kind of get away with that. But anything outside of heteronormativity, and you cannot. Exactly. Yeah, I agree. So where you know beyond courtesy, where where should people start? Um, well, obviously, I'm talking from the position of my own experience being a trans man um, and also an awful lot of queer community uh, experience and, of course, a lot of client experience. Um, so I've heard a lot of tales over the years. Um, but I guess ultimately I can only really talk from my, my experience and my point of view. Um, and because I am who I am, I'm not backwards and coming forwards, I will start that conversation. I won't let that go to fumbling in the dark. I'll actually open the conversation. Hey, about that sex thing. You know, let's talk about it because there's a few things you need to know. You know, I may not look like you expect me to look like. I may not feel like you expect me to feel like. Um, so, yeah, I guess I'd, I'd be the one to bring that conversation. But from a person, from a perspective of someone who's, who's wanting to date someone who's trans, take that issue, take that uh, initiative actually recognize it and say, hey, would you like to talk about sex? Yeah, yeah. Um, would you like to? That's an interesting way of doing it. Well, I think it has to be, uh, it has to be voluntary. You know, yeah. if the answer is no, then they're not ready to go there. It's as simple as yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I mean, I just, just thinking about how I bring sex up with people. Um, and I tend to be... I tend to be, well, yeah, my situation is different because I need permission. So when I get to a place, as you know, when I get to a place where somebody's that flirty, it's like, okay, hang on. There are people you have to talk to before we can talk any further. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's, it's, that's where my conversation starts because at that point, if they didn't already know something was different, they're now asking 100 questions as to why would that need to be the case. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't, so I can't yeah, think, but I think your average Joe doesn't, doesn't necessarily talk quite so, you know, upfront about sex and it can be hard. Yeah. Um, so I think it's important to recognize that for most trans people, sex is a tricky subject. You know, it's something you're going to have to be educated about, you're going to have to learn about and primarily not just learn about trans sex or trans bodies, but actually learn about the individual because guess what? Every trans individual is different. <laughs> well, that was my next thing, right? Um, yeah, um, we're talking probably sometimes some really significant differences. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, unlike, unlike if you're talking about a cisgendered body, there may be some differences, but there are usually relative differences of, of size, maybe position, maybe mm-hmm. slight shape differences. But we're talking about like potentially a very wide range of differences. Absolutely. Absolutely, 100%. Uh, in heteronormative, you know, cis situations, um, you know, the, the most sort of interesting differences might be in physical ability, um, stuff like that, you know, different abilities uh, or lack of thereof. Um, in trans bodies, it's, you have no idea what's under the hood, you know? Um, unless you have that conversation, you have no idea what's under the hood because there are plenty of people who have surgery there are plenty of people who don't have surgery. There are plenty of people who are somewhere in between. It is not a one-shot deal for trans men particularly. You go under the knife several times to sort that stuff out. Um, right. So actually, they could be anywhere in that journey and only be sort of partway through their surgery. And plenty of trans people don't have surgery. So, so let's, 
that's when it's important to recognize that you don't know what's under the hood. Don't assume they've had surgery or indeed that they will because some people don't want to. So let's talk a bit about that because I'm, um, I'm, you know, I know some of my audience is very knowledgeable, but a large portion of my audience doesn't have a clue. Okay. Um, and so let's talk about kind of the different options that people haven't taken, why they might take different options. Okay. Okay. Well, for similar reasons to some trans folks won't take the hormones. Um, there may be medical reasons they can't take the hormones. Um, there may be health reasons they can't take the hormones. Um, you know, there aren't that many, but there are some. So, And there's also personal choice. Someone might just actually really be happy with the way they are and the face that they've got and actually not want to change anything. So they don't see the need for doing the hormone route. The same thing goes about surgery. Um, there's some base realities in terms of surgery. Trans female, trans women surgeries actually had masses of time to develop and improve and over the last few decades has got really good. Um, trans male surgeries, trans men surgeries aren't as good. They are working on it. They're developing it. They're getting better and better. But actually, a lot of people are choosing not to have the lower surgeries purely because, um, A, the huge medical furore, because it can take a few years to actually get all the surgeries done. Um, and because despite that, they might not actually be happy with the result because it's not that great yet better but it's still not great so there's lots of reasons to not do that some people just don't want to go through surgeries some people are actually perfectly happy with the bits that they've got despite being transgender actually that is your sense of gender identity and their sense of physical self might be perfectly fine like what i've got works fine i don't have an issue with it so why change it right and i think that would probably be a surprise to some people that you know they're not wanting surgery because surgery and, yeah. and, and, and Lord knows, if you don't know this, you should know. It's major surgery. We're not talking anything minor here. We're no, talking no. a number of surgeries. We're talking in, invasive surgeries. Incredible. We're talking long recovery times. Yeah. So, you know, we're, this, is, this is a major undertaking. Yeah. And so uh, you shouldn't be surprised that there are people who are like, yeah, no, this is too much of a risk for me. Exactly. Particularly if you've got health issues, you've already got other health issues that make surgery questionable in any event. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. So there's that. Um, but then, you know, there then there are people who are like, yeah, no, actually, I like my bits. So we're mm-hmm. actually a couple of minutes from break. And I want to talk mm-hmm. about that some because I think that is one of the things that confuses people who um, haven't spent much time around trans folk and don't they, they get completely confused by yeah. <clears throat> what it means so if you keep saying, your same genitalia. Yeah, the idea is, you know, if if you go back to where it originates from, good old Dr. Mooney, and I say that with ultimate sarcasm, um, who basically framed or gave a framework that the NHS still uses today, tick this box, tick this box, tick this box, and you get from A to Z. Um, And actually, that that isn't the truth at all. Many, many trans people don't feel from the moment they're born, that they're in the wrong body. That that very phrase has become cliche. And that's become the general public's assumption that if you're trans, obviously you have this lifelong story of you've always known you were born in the wrong body, and therefore why would you not want to change it? But actually, that's not the whole of the truth. Right. That, that is, no, I'm not saying that isn't some people's story. It no, is. I know that it's some people's reality, but I tend to think of them as, with the old-fashioned term transsexual. 
Mm, yeah, yeah. Because those were the people that, I mean, keeping in mind my age, our relative ages, mm-hmm. so you understand, those were the people that I knew, um, like my best friend when I was uh, 12, I dated him for a little while, um, and then he ended up going through full transition mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and became she, and th- that was, you know, all the surgeries and everything, because yeah, that yeah, was yeah. what she wanted, um, and that and was what- still what a lot of people want. But it isn't what everybody wants. And I think it's really worth knowing that if you're going to think about having sex with a trans person, don't assume that they're going to have A, had the surgeries, or B, want them. Because some don't. Okay, so we will pick this up when we come back after a word from our sponsors. Looking Mm -hmm. forward to it. Grand. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Take us on the go. It's even easier now. The Voice America Talk Radio Network has a mobile app for iOS, Android, or Amazon Kindle. Visit the Apple App Store, Amazon, or Google Play to download the app powered by Aircast. It's free and no registration is necessary. In minutes, you could be enjoying your favorite Voice America Talk Radio host no matter where you are, in the car, out and about, while traveling, or anytime you can't be close to your computer. Catch up on the archives you've missed or discover new shows on the spot. Search Voice America at your favorite app store. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. This is the A to Z of sex featuring Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. We know you have questions. We welcome you to call in to 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. Feeling a bit shy? It's okay. Dr. Lori Beth loves to read your emails too. Send them to Lori Beth at drloribethbisbee.com. Now, more of the A to Z of sex. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the A to Z of sex with me, Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. This is segment two. And today the letter is T and T is for trans sex. And I am with the amazing DK Green. So we're back. Um, So right before the break, we were talking about not making any assumptions Mm -hmm. because many people choose not to have surgery for a variety of reasons. Mm -hmm. So once we understand that many many people choose not to have surgery for a variety of reasons, we don't know what we're going to find. So we know we need to have a conversation. Can we talk about words? Yes, absolutely. And it's the best the best place to start with the conversation. If you're going to have sex with a trans person, you need to talk about words. <clears throat> and guess what? That's just the same in that it's totally different for everybody. Everybody has their own thing. Um, lots of people will, like, for example, in trans men, not want to talk about the front hole at all. 
um, you know, some people will use that term front hole because it's less gendered than vagina or cunt. It's far, you know, simpler to say that because it, it helps them to just not associate it with the gender. Um, and some people don't want to talk about it at all. Some people don't want to touch it at all. Some people don't want penetration, not in any way, shape or form of that particular orifice. And that isn't the case for everyone. Lots of people do. Lots of people are totally fine with it. And the word stuff is, it is really a word soup. You have to know what they like, what the person is that you are talking about having sex with wants to call their bits. Um, so, for example, again, a trans guy may well want to call what we know as the clitoris their dick. May even be their mini dick or uh, micro dick penis or whatever. You, you know, it has to be the words that they want to use for themselves. And that's all you need to know. As a person wanting to have sex with a trans person is, what does this person want me to call it? Okay, that's cool. I can call it that. I mean, one of the things that I remember um, in writing, and there's a story I wrote, and I, I'm referring to a woman, and it's a story about a woman. And for her, anything she penetrated with was a dick. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So confuse the fuck out of some of the people who have read it, <laughs> because it's like she was fucking you, but you know that, that it was she. Was she using a strap on? Was she, you know... Because mm-hmm. all you do is refer to it as a dick. And I was like, yeah, because that's what she called anything. If she mm-hmm. used her hand, if she used her fingers, if she used her tongue, if she used a, a strap on, all of that was a dick. Brilliant. But g- generic. So it Fantastic. was very easy. That's it a really was- good example of the fact that everybody has their own way of doing it. Everyone has their own level of comfort and their own way of wanting to talk about these things. Absolutely. And I was also talking with um, um, Dominic Davis about gay men and trans sex. hmm because we were talking about um, gay trans men. And yeah. I was saying, and I, I remember saying to him, okay, so do explain this to me. As a gay man, how does a gay man rationalize this? Knowing what he was going to say, because mm-hmm. energetically, you're dealing with a man. It's male energy. Yeah. Um, and so I'm sure not every gay man would be okay with that. But it's still male energy. So there was this conversation about about the fact that oftentimes um, gay men actually prefer using the front hole mm-hmm. because it's easier. Mm-hmm. And it was a fascinating conversation for me because I barely get to talk to a gay man about this. So I was yeah, like... I mean, there's a whole bunch of trans guys who are, guess what, gay men. Um, right. I know several um, personally um, gay trans men who are you know, married with kids with a gay guy. Yeah. So, you know, it's perfectly feasible, it's perfectly doable, and some of them do like, you know, the, the front penetration and some don't. Some stick to anal. Or oral, of course. Yeah, well, there's always... You know, we have more than one orifice. Always. <laughs> we can play with whatever ones we choose to. <laughs> but it's about that, it's about dysphoria. Bottom line is, um, <laughs> pun intended, bottom line. Um, it's about what people are comfortable with and what they're not. So with any, you know, particular individual trans guy, they may be totally cool with everything they've got and they may be not. And it's about finding out what is okay to touch, what's not okay. You know, some trans guys will talk about their balls and you may scratch your head and think, what? But actually, essentially, the bulbous bits of the bottom of the labia is exactly what they will feel as their balls. And that is what they're felt and experienced as. So that's what they call them. Yeah. So, I mean, I think it's important to highlight, we're talking about some detailed conversations here. We're not talking about three minutes before you get in bed, right? You actually need to have some detailed conversations and to and to be completely prepared to accept whatever somebody's telling you. Otherwise, mm-hmm. you shouldn't be even considering having sex with them. Correct. 
Yeah, 100%. Yeah, yeah. This is I mean, like, it's worth having those conversations about where where is okay and where isn't okay um, to touch. You know, where is yeah. it okay? Can I touch you here? No. Can I touch you here? Yes. Yes, I really like that. No, I really don't want that. Um, I like a roadmap before I go there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, I mean, I, I, you're going to have sex with a trans person. You kind of need a roadmap. Well, I prefer that before I go there. And I, and I say that because the, actually the most difficult situation I was ever in was with a stone butch woman. Uh-huh. Yeah. So... Not even identifying as trans, although 10 years later is now trans. Yeah. yeah. Right? So, fine. But it is but a at thing. The time, at the time, not identifying as trans, mm-hmm. um, complete, you know, female, stone butch. For those yeah, of you yeah. who don't know what stone butch, stone butch usually means don't touch the bits. Yeah. Right? It's really it's simple. Those, I do you, you don't do me. That's right. Awesome. I do you, you don't do me, you never yep. do me, don't expect mm-hmm. to do me. And it was one of the biggest disappointments because I partly got into this relationship. You know, it was like... Because you wanted to. Yeah, yeah I really wanted to. <laughs> I really wanted oh, to. How unfortunate and, for you. And then I found out, right? And I was like, mm. what does that mean? Because I'd never run across it before. Yeah. Um, and it was like, yeah, you know, you don't touch me. I was like, There is Why? a really wonderful book. I can't remember the author right now. Stone Butch Blues. Oh, yes. Um, and I know the author, too. It's Kill- uh, and Zan, Zan West. Yeah, Zan, yeah, yeah. Zan West. Yeah, I love that book. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. In fact, that was one of the books that kind of got me through that, right? I'm like, I have to go find yeah. something out, and I discovered that. Good, good. Um, but, yeah, no, I was I was like, um, okay. <laughs> and I would have preferred if that had been part of the, the rest of the negotiation. Yeah, was absolutely, a- and you've got to recognize that it's going to be the same for t- some trans folk. Some trans folk will have fantastic sex, and just there are certain bits that are off limit. Or none of it's off limit, but it's all got different names. So what you expect? Yeah, I think I guess I guess I guess for me the the expectation is there that things are going to be different, so it's it's easier. So yes. I'm not expecting anything because I don't know what I'm going to find. So yeah. I'm like I'm like coming completely open. Whereas, and actually sometimes to me that's actually quite a, quite a, quite freeing. Yeah. When you There's think about also- it. There's also a real language thing about this. Um, you, you were right to pick that up. And don't expect that to look like you expected to because language for people is so different. I know some trans women who don't have lower surgery who, who, who literally will have the argument of why must a penis be a boy thing? Actually, I am a girl and that's what I've got. So actually, this is a girl penis. That's all. You know, so, you know, sometimes it really doesn't look like anything you expect. So, would you say people have to be far more accepting and far more willing to just accept what they're presented with? I can understand the assumption, yes. So, the answer, the answer of course, as to most things is yes and no. Um, so yes, because you're going to be dealing with a whole bunch of stuff you're not used to dealing with. But you know what? You're only being as accepting as you would be with any other human being, with whatever body parts they do or don't have, with a, what, for example, whatever um, disablements they might have, whatever um, stretch marks or scars or burn tissue or right down to the color of the skin. Basically, you are as accepting as a human being as you are. And if you are an accepting human being, then it follows that you need to accept that and gender and genitals being what that is, what the story is for that person, not just what mirrors yours, your story. Yeah. 
Yeah, well, I guess yeah, I guess that makes sense to me. I mean, that you wouldn't you wouldn't expect it to mirror your story anyway. Exactly. Because it's always going to be different. It's another human, so it's always exactly. Gonna be Exactly. It doesn't matter how many, you know, even if you're a het, cis woman, it doesn't matter how many men's penises you've had, the next one's going to look different and feel different. They're all different. <laughs> exactly. They're all different. So well, yeah, if you can go at it with that mindset, then yes, absolutely. Just be accepting, be open-minded, recognizing this is just another human being. It's just they may tell you bits of story you don't know about and you haven't heard and it might be new to you. So it's something new to learn and understand but it can be just as sexy and exciting and fun as with anybody else. Well, yeah, and I'm, well, well, there's something about newness that's always exciting, so yeah. that kind of kind of gives you that extra. Yeah, uh, absolutely. If you're, if you're at all jaded, then you know, it's, it's mm-hmm. unjading. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's worth talking about the nitty-gritty a little bit, if you want to yeah. be a bit brave after the break. And we'll oh, God, yeah, absolutely. Real nitty-gritty about lumps, bumps, poles and holes and what yes, we can do with them. Yes, please. Um, absolutely. I mean, people are people expect expect that of me. I go there. <laughs> I always go there. Excellent. Well, because Good. we're I'm you know you. the reality is is that a lot of people where else are they going to hear anything right yeah. they, or or learn anything? They don't know who to ask. Um, it, this causes great anxiety for people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. You know, it, it's always the nitty gritty. I think it's worth pointing out just one really good source for such things is um, Barbara Corellis, who does Urban Tantra. Yep. And she's done some fantastic work around gender. And the way that she puts it is that we've all got the same stuff, the same jelly. It's just poured into slightly different jelly molds. But actually, you can play with both sets of jelly molds quite happily, quite easily. Yeah, in, in very similar ways. I like that. That's a lovely way of putting it. Yeah, I think it's worth looking up her work because she's she's very good at that. Yeah, that's brilliant. Anything that that kind of takes some of the um, anxiety and the fear out of it for people? Yeah, yeah. Um, Because I think honestly, most trans folk that I know, the 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 baseline answer is ask them. That's it. You know, baseline. But, but can we say again at the appropriate time for the appropriate reason? Like, because yeah. you want to have sex with this, but don't just ask somebody because you're curious, please. Yes, 100%. Please, but please if you're do not. A connection, if you're developing a relationship, if you want to go there, then yeah, that's the time to ask. And that's like, do you, as I said earlier, would you like to have that conversation? Would yeah. you like to talk about sex? Would you yeah. like to talk about our stuff and what we do with it and what we call it? It can yeah. be as simple and as lighthearted as that. I think people build it up to this mountainous thing that's terribly scary, and but, but, but they don't want to have to speak and say it. But actually, it can be really lighthearted. Hey, do you want to talk about sex? Do you want to talk about our stuff and our junk and what we call it and what we like, what's okay and what's not okay? It can be as simple as that. Yeah, and I think people don't realize that in any conversation about sex, it, it's mm. the same thing. People get panicked, absolutely yeah. panicked. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it really isn't anything to panic about. Because mm-hmm. believe me, they'll tell you no if they're not ready to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So we will be back in a couple of minutes. Um, and yeah, we're going to get into the nitty gritty. If you've got questions, don't forget that you can either ring in, although nobody ever rings in because they never want to be heard on the radio. Uh, um, but you can, in fact, email at lauribeth at drlauribethbisbee.com. I do pay attention to the email during the show and I will answer anything that comes through, even if it's on a different topic. 
So feel free. Um, and we'll be back in a couple of minutes after some words from our sponsors. Mm-hmm. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Can grief be good for you? Absolutely. It gets your attention, helping you evaluate your choices and relationships. Your losses define who you are. Tune in each week for Good Grief with host Cheryl Jones. Our show features those who have made incredible transformations by grieving their losses. You'll learn how to find your courage and strength. You'll discover the important things in your life and how to let go of things that are less important. Good Grief airs live Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Health and Wellness. Are you ready to live to 100? Join Dr. Joe Casciani and his program that shows us that age is just a number. You can age with fresh and inspiring perspectives, whether it's staying physically fit or keeping mentally fit. With great stories, plenty of advice about successful aging, and brighter outlooks, you just might join those who are living to 100. The Living to 100 Club is broadcast live every Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time and 5 p.m. Eastern Time. On the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. We're on the pulse of the world with great shows and hosts. The Voice America Health and Wellness Channel is also on Twitter. We've got ideas to keep you healthy, breaking health news, and more. Follow us on Twitter at Voice AM Health. That's at Voice AM Health. This is the A to Z of sex featuring Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. We know you have questions. We welcome you to call in to 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. Feeling a bit shy? It's okay. Dr. Lori Beth loves to read your emails too. Send them to Lori Beth at drlorybethbisbee.com. Now, more of the A to Z of sex. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the A to Z of sex with me, Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. And we are in segment three of T is for Transsex with the incredible DK Green. And we are going to talk nitty gritty now because that's what he promised before the break. (laughs) I like it. This is where I get to put my money where my mouth is. Right. So I guess what I want to talk about um, to just give you a few ideas of uh, what it's like to have sex with a trans person, what it might be like remembering that everybody is different. So I know some trans women who um, have had full surgery and maybe penetration's okay, but it needs to be a bit more careful. There always needs to be lube. Maybe the, uh, you know, the, the designated clitoris is a little too sensitive, so you can't treat it. Usually you have to be a little more careful, a little more, sometimes a little more pressure rather than less is actually easier. So there's lots of stuff like that around, um, you know, surgical genitals that you're going to have to get to know. And that's an individual thing, and that's going to vary for every single one. Um, some trans women still have uh, the penis. Uh, some don't want it touched at all. It's like a reminder, really dysphoric, something they don't want to even acknowledge exists. And for others, it's actually perfectly fine. And they might actually what They may not be able to, for example, achieve an erection if they've been on hormones for many years, but they might still like the feel of just like you would having an arm stroked of having it stroked. Um, some like it pushed down, like almost as if to make it disappear between the legs, you know. 
um, some like it where between the the testicles there's there's like a little uh, a dent in yeah. in the body, um, and you know they like that being sort of pressed or pushed like it's because it can feel like a vaginal opening. Um, you know, so there's all sorts of experimental stuff you can do around that. But again, that's going to come down to being brave enough to, to asking, to showing, to say, show me what you like. Show me what you don't like. Is this okay? Is that okay? Is this not okay? I won't do that anymore. You know, it, it's about experimenting to fight because a lot of trans folk also will be scared of sex because it's not something they've perhaps dared to do for a long time. Maybe it's not something they've done since the surgery and they're actually really, truly, newly experiencing. So, you know, practically virginal. Yeah. Um, as far as trans guys are concerned, uh, the general story, remembering that everybody's different, is what is previously known as the clitoris becomes essentially the dick. When you've been on testosterone for a period of time, uh, you know, years even, uh, the, the growth in, in that can be quite enormous. So it can be really, you know, quite prominent, quite obvious, you know, even like a, a, a thumb, yeah? Um, and that you can treat just as you would a cis penis. You can literally, you can give it oral sex, good blowjob, you can stroke your hand. You may not need your entire hand like you do for a, a cis penis, but, you know, even with a pre-T trans guy, you can use your fingers on the clit and the root of the clit that goes upwards <laughs> into the body. You can use your fingers to do a stroking motion that feels like being jacked off. Yeah. So yep. there's all sorts of stuff that you can do with, with the junk that's there, whatever the junk may be. Some people have a metoidoplasty. Some people have a phalloplasty. They're different kinds of lower surgeries for trans men. Um, metoidoplasty is more like uh, working with what you've got it's freeing the the clit and the, the whole shaft so that it can come out from the body rather than being sort of mostly held within um, and usually there's a wrap that they use some of they use the inner labia usually to wrap it to make it slightly firmer and slightly tighter and stick out more and that sort of thing urethral rerouting is an option you have to remember that the the surgeries available for trans guys is like a smorgasbord. You get to pick and choose one item from column A, one from column B. You don't have to have all of it, but you can have whatever bits of it that you like when you get to that stage. So when we're looking at rerouting urethra, um, um, yeah. explain why for people who don't know. Oh, right. Okay, because generally speaking, unless you're really very skilled and very blessed, standing, peeing up at... You know, peeing standing up is actually really bloody hard. So, you know, being able to pee standing up is actually a huge goal for a lot of trans guys. So yeah. the urethra rerouting is actually sometimes more important than actually having a penis. Yeah. So even if you have a metoidoplasty, you can have the urethral rerouting, um, which means your penis may look like what is medically termed a micro penis, but actually you can still stand up and pee out of it. Yeah. Um, with phalloplasty, there's far more variety. You you can have all sorts of devices that enable erections. Um, you can have the urethral rerouting. Sometimes with older clients specifically, they they choose not to because actually they've been peeing sitting down for 50 years or whatever, so they don't really care about that bit. They just want they want the dick, yeah. Um, so for some people, they will have urethral rerouting. For others, they won't. So don't expect the urethral opening to be in a particular place, because it could be bloody anywhere, frankly, <laughs> you know, <laughs> could be at the end of the penis, could be between the penis and, and the vaginal opening. The vaginoplasty is a complete ceiling, so that might be completely gone. 
Um, and, you know, in which case it'll be somewhere between the penis shot at the bottom, the base, or and the bum, uh, the arsehole, or at the top of the penis, because they've had the roof room. So literally what I'm saying is it's a smorgasbord. You don't know what you're going to find. Okay. Um, because that's based on the individual trans guy's choice and what they actually want to be able to do with it. You know, if they don't actually care about, you know, uh, what's that horrible, cheesy, bad erotica phrase of pounding the uterus. You know, if they don't actually feel the need to have a, a penis that will do that, Sorry. maybe they won't have the, the inflatable um, uh, pouches inside that actually make the penis erect or the rods that they can make it erect with. You know, there are several different options. So like I say, bottom line is you do not know what you're going to be meeting up with and you need to know how comfortable is that person with what they've got. Do they feel, you know, half done so they're not finished yet so they'd really rather avoid it until it's over? Um, or are they perfectly happy with what they've got and they'd quite like to explore it while it looks like this before it looks like that, you know? Okay. Okay. That's that's serious variety. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Absolutely. preparation. You know, guys, you're going to be setting aside time for a number of conversations. This is not something you do in a blitz. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. This is not a quick conversation over a pint at the bar. No. You know, and, and even after you've had the conversation about what do you call it? Um, what do you like? You know, is that whole penetrable? Is that not? You know, even once you've had that conversation, when you're actually there and in bed together, you might need to have a whole new conversation so that I can say, wow, what's this bit? And what's that bit? And what's this do? Well, yeah, because, because talking, talking is one thing and seeing is another. Absolutely. absolutely. Uh, so that brings up a point that I think that we need to emphasize because lots of people don't look. Yeah. Here we are back again. This is another heteronormative thing. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. Right. But actually, I know quite a few queer people who don't look at each other's bits either. But yeah. let's be clear about this. You actually need to see what's going on. Mm. And there's also a huge variety in terms of their comfort levels because you may find that it's like, hey, look what I got. Come and have a look and poke and explore and because they may be really pleased with what they've got. And you may have, I'm actually okay with what I've got, but I'd really rather not look at it or I'd rather you didn't look at it or whatever. That, that varies massively, just like every single person ever who took their clothes off is uncomfortable with some bits of their body. You know, nobody has the perfect body without Photoshop, you know, yeah, <laughs> because it doesn't true. exist because all bodies are perfect and they're all bloody beautiful and different. And it's remembering that. It's remembering that no matter what it is, you'll need the conversation beforehand. But yeah, you might need a conversation at the time as well, because you do not know what any person, let alone a trans person's comfort level is with being looked at or being touched in whatever way or whatever place. So, yeah, it's a whole fun exploration. Yeah. I mean, if that's the at- if you can take that attitude, you'll be fine. Yeah, absolutely. You know, yeah, it, if it, you take it, the attitude of being terrified of getting something wrong, guess what? You will. We're all human, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, you might know full well that I call it my dick, but you might actually use the wrong word at some point and you need the world not to collapse around you. You yeah. know, a simple correction, no profuse apologies, no falling over yourself and saying, oh my God, I didn't mean to. I know I've destroyed your soul by saying this. No, 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 no. Just a simple, <laughs> oops, sorry, dick, is, is perfectly fine. Right. You know? uh, it's much the same as, as asking a trans what pronouns they want to use. 
you know if you get it wrong don't make a big fuss because that's making it all about you it's not about you it's about them yeah and it's exactly the same if you make a mistake that's fine you're human sorry move on yeah now see that is an important one as well because i think people often either either it puts them off speaking Mm -hmm. or they're just mortified um you know and Look, don't be scared. Bottom line is, don't be scared because the trans person is going to be a lot more freaking uncomfortable or mortified than you are. Yeah? So, bottom line is, it's about that. It's about their comfort. Yeah? It can be about your comfort too, but going at it like a terrified, you know, whimpering something is really not going to turn anyone on. God, <laughs> no. Yeah, really. That's like, that's an instant shutdown. It can be fun. It can be frivolous. It can also be Horny as hell. When you're confronted with something new sexually and you figure it out, that can be empowering and horny as hell. Whether Absolutely. you are the trans person or the person wanting to have sex with the trans person. Absolutely. I mean, that's always exciting. That's mm-hmm. always exciting. It's a lot of fun. So we are a few minutes from break. Uh-huh. Um, other things that you think people need to be clear about that first time. Uh, I think probably the most important thing is, is what I've already said about just be human. Just be willing to be a human, fallible thing. Um, you know, be, be human enough to experiment and listen. If you get the feedback that, um, are uh, yum, then you're doing something good. If you get the feedback of somebody squirming or, or flinching, then it's not right. That's just about being human with any new sexual partner. Right. And, and I mean, I'd like to highlight that because people often don't observe. And it, this is the reason that being present during sex is so important. And we will talk more, some more about that after the break. But it is, it is, this goes for sex with anyone. The more That's present awesome. you are, the better the sex. And so you can observe people's responses. So, yes, ask questions. Yes, talk. But you can also observe and see what's going on, which is hot as hell. You don't observe. So don't be so anxious that you're in here and you're in your head. I realized I'm not on video and I'm pointing to my brain. <laughs> you know, you're in your head and you're not paying attention to the person you're having sex with because you're yeah. too anxious. Yeah. You need to be able to be present and calm your own anxiety. And so saying you're anxious is always a good place to start. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So we'll be back in about a couple of minutes after some words from our sponsors for the last segment. If you've got any questions, get them in now. Mm-hmm. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Over 20 million people in America struggle with substance use. This impacts both the people who are using and loved ones who are trying to help. Still, there is hope. Tune in to the Beyond Addiction Show with host Josh King. You'll hear from experts and get the real information you need to understand and assist in change. Change can be hard. It doesn't have to be confusing. Tune in every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time and 1 p.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Health & Wellness. Do you feel that you aren't at your best when it comes to your personal health? Even if your doctor gives you a clean bill of health and says everything is in working order, perhaps you aren't feeling at the top of your game. 
Dr. Rebecca Risk overcame pain and fatigue despite all tests to the contrary. Learn how she put her health back on track and how you can too on Falling Through the Cracks. Live every Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time on Voice America Health and Wellness. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. This is the A to Z of sex featuring Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. We know you have questions. We welcome you to call in to 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. Feeling a bit shy? It's okay. Dr. Lori Beth loves to read your emails too. Send them to Lori Beth at DrLoriBethBisbee.com. Now, more of the A to Z of sex. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Agency of Sex with me, Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. And we are in part four of Tea is for Trans Sex with the incredible DK Green. And before the break, um, or during the break, you were saying oral sex. You were talking about oral sex. So let's talk about it on, on air. Yeah, absolutely. With pleasure. So one of the things I mentioned was that a lot of people, when they're going to have sex with a trans person, are terrified of oral sex, of getting it wrong, of making a mistake. And actually, it's really common because if you're looking at something that you know this is a trans man, you know this is a guy, but the bits happen to look like a vagina, then the automatic assumption is it's going to respond to cunnilingus, you know, the way that you would tongue and enjoy orally uh, a vagina, a cum. But actually... It, more often than not, that that's not the case. Bearing in mind, there are always exceptions. There are people who still enjoy that. They're quite happy with the junk, the way it works. Um, but you may want to approach that, that piece of jelly in the jelly mold that happens to look like a vagina, but you've already been told it's a dick and balls. Um, you may want to look at it as a dick and balls and actually, you know, uh, suck on the little baby dick and treat that as a penis. Literally give it all your attention lavishly as you would a blowjob to a cis male's penis. Um, you know, in the same way that you might stroke or uh, fondle or lick or mouth the balls, the testicles of a, a cis guy, do that to the, the outer labia at the bottom. You know, that, that may well be exactly the button to press. But as I say, bearing in mind that it varies, it varies massively for others, but for everyone. So also in terms of trans women, what you are looking at might be the jelly mold that came out penis-shaped, um, but if that is not what they feel, and bearing in mind that some trans women do are quite happy to have be a chick with a dick and quite happy to do that, um, some aren't. And actually, for them, it's just the irritating bit of flesh that happens to be where the vagina should be. And actually, then you might want to go at it with your mouth like you would a vagina. So the same kind of tonguing and, and mouthing that you would to that kind of jelly mold flesh, which might seem like a mismatch in your head. But actually, it's how it's felt by the person who has those bits. And if they feel that you are mouthing their vagina, it doesn't matter what the jelly mold looks like. That's what they feel. Right. Yeah. Right. And that's the most important bit. It's how it's felt to the other person. Yeah. Which is the same in any event anywhere. I mean, you know, yeah. if you approach whatever you're approaching with some technique that you think is great, but the other person doesn't feel it's, it's great, then yeah. you're 
going to fail, right? You know, yeah, absolutely. You need to pay attention. So, so again, like as we were saying before the break, it is tremendously important that you are present during sex. Yeah, absolutely. So whatever you need this conversation to do, that you talked about, um, I think as we were going into the break, uh, it is so, so important. You know, het cis movie sex is go in, bang, bang, and you're kind of done, and it's all prescriptive. That isn't. That isn't good sex. That isn't ever going to be great sex. You know, it, it needs to be. I mean, don't get me wrong. It can be a straight in there, wham, bam. Absolutely. And, you know, in, in steady relationships, even as hookups, you know, there are plenty of gay trans guys who hook up on, you know, in gay clubs and stuff. That can be fine. But you risk the error of words. You risk the error of wrong holes and all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, I'm just as likely as any cis guy in a relationship with a woman of, pardon the expression, shoving their head up against a wall and sticking my dick in their mouth and, you know, emptying myself out there. Thank you very much. But it won't feel like a cis dick. It's not going to slide down the back of your throat. Yeah? So it's, it's, about, it's about recognizing what it is that the person that you are with has and how they want to use it. And that is presence. I mean, you can have fast, yeah. intense encounters and still be present, right? Yeah, yeah. You 100%. just have to be embodied and be present. And if you find that difficult, it's great to get some help with that because no matter how you have sex and no matter with whom, that yeah. always improves your sex life. You have no idea how much until you learn how to do it. Yeah. Really yeah. is huge, makes a huge difference. But particularly when you're dealing with situations that, you find it difficult to predict. Yeah, so it's not yeah, even about yeah. non-standard. It's just about your ability to predict. Might be perfectly standard equipment, but you're not used to that. So it's your ability to predict. Mm -hmm. um, and if you find it difficult to predict how someone's going to react, you need to be in the moment so you can be watching and yeah, observing. And learn how they react. That's right. And it is. This is all learning. Of and isn't it, it the is. greatest thing to learn? Right? Mm -hmm. Isn't it the greatest thing to learn? To learn somebody. Yeah. How wonderful. I mean, I've, I've been in that position of having, you know, a head against the wall, um, and it's impromptu. It's just like that on the spot. And, uh, you know, I've literally said in the heat of the moment, you know, stroke my balls. And the person had never, like, dealt with any of this stuff before. But they went for it. And I said, no, not in, on. And they were like, that was it. That was all it took. Don't, right. yeah, they got it, you know? Right. So it doesn't take a lot of communication, but it takes being very present and actually not being afraid to say yes, no, more, less, harder, softer. You know, it doesn't take a lot. It takes courage because we are taught not to. We're taught to, you know, just go with the flow and let it all happen naturally. And you know what? Sometimes that's not enough. The thing is, is it never happens naturally. I want to be clear about that. <laughs> it's the biggest bullshit line that, that people are sold. The reason that first time sex with somebody you've never met before is good is it's about your headspace. Yeah. It's never about the physical mechanics. Because mm -hmm. mm -hmm. people rarely get your own peculiar brand of how you get off right the first time if you mm -hmm. haven't had a conversation. Mm -hmm. So it's the energy of the experience and it's the excitement. I get couples all the time come to me and go, oh, you know, the first six months were great and now she doesn't want to do this or she doesn't get off when I do this. It's because she never got off on that. <laughs> she was getting off on you, right? It wasn't yeah. what you were doing. Yeah. 
Um, and, and so, you know, the more you are willing to be present and the more you're willing to learn, the better the sex is always going to be. Yeah, absolutely. I think if I had anything left to add or say to this conversation, it, it would be be brave. Trans folk are human beings too. They're people too. And they come in all different shapes and sizes and colors and myriad variations. And you know what? It can be a beautiful thing to explore and experience something new. So be brave. Don't be anxious. Be brave. Just say, is that okay? Is this nice? Would you like Brilliant. more? Thank you so much. This has been fantastic. My pleasure. Um, okay, guys. Thank you for listening today. If you've got more questions, you know where to email me. Lori Beth at drlorybethbisbee.com. Don't miss my erotica podcast, Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee's Erotic Library. Um, you can get that on my website, drlorybethbisbee.press. You can get it on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, or come over to my Patreon, which is patreon.com forward slash Lori Beth Bisbee, and grab it there, where if you join, you can also get exclusive extra readings, ebooks, interviews with the authors, and some really cool swag. My patrons help me to defray the production costs for both this radio show and the Erotica podcast. I've got a new membership group starting in July. I'm going to be taking a topic a month and preparing a video packed with information. Members will get to submit their questions in advance and have them answered in full. Each month, there will also be a playbook full of information and exercises on the topic. The group is only $50 a month or $500 if you pay for the whole year. And the first 20 people who join will get 10% off group fees. If you have an idea for the show, please, please, please send it in. Is there someone you want to hear from? Please let me know. Next week, it's the letter U. And U is for understanding. We're going to be talking about understanding pleasure, understanding desire. And we're going to be doing it with the amazing sexologist, Cindy Darnell. Um, If you haven't heard Cindy before... You definitely want to tune in. This is going to be a fantastic show. And all that is left for me to do is thank you all for listening and wish you a fantastic week. Stay safe, but have fun. I'll see all of you next week. We hope you learned something today. But if you have more questions, go ahead and email them to Lori Beth at drlorybethbisbee.com. Then be here next Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time for another edition of The A to Z of Sex with Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee on Voice America Health and Wellness. See you next week.